Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions. This is Loki 30 Questions, a show where each week we'll ask 30 questions about the latest episode of Loki on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Adam Porches. Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet is absent this week. Uh, but like last week, he was gone, but now Bruce Leslie is back. What's going on here? We're playing like, a, I don't know, a six-man tag match, and somebody has to tag out, and the other guy tags in. I'm Dusty Rose. <laughs> Oh, I, I wrote this. I didn't say it, but uh, he's not a reptile, but he does love having his belly slide across the floor. Bruce Leslie. <laughs> nailed it. That's perfect. I, I could have done awesome. that one better myself. Uh, now, if you, this is your first time with us, I don't know why you're this far in, but do know that we uh, do a di- an after show a little bit differently than everyone else. We ask 30 questions that go all over the place, and it could be just about darn near anything. If you would like to get one of your questions on the show, well, there's only one more left in Loki this time, so uh, we encourage you to get those in early. And the nice part about Loki is, is all these questions, or excuse me, the episodes themselves come out Wednesday. And uh, so many of these epi- uh, questions come in right quick and early Wednesday and everything. So as fast as these things can come in, uh, and you guys have been fantastic in doing so. so I, I just want to thank you guys so much. Marvel30Q at gmail.com. Of course, remember, uh, the better the question, the sooner that you get it in. And uh, the more concise the question, the better chances that are, are uh, yeah. that it'll actually get on the show and everything. But uh, we do have 30 questions. These uh, questions come from me, Bruce, and Sean, even though Sean is not here sean did at least submit his questions so we have those we know where his head is at so let's find out where our head is at and start it off here with question number one episode five of season one this season uh excuse me this week not only saw the debut of another episode of loki but this weekend also was the long overdue release of black widow so bruce i ask you why does this 40 minute episode of television look better than all of black widow I think they rushed Black Widow into theaters before it was ready. Yeah, you know, they just kind of let it out there. They were like, listen, we got six weeks to do this, and then we're putting it out on the screen. Or conversely, we'll wait well over a year and put it out anyway. Shooting wrapped, and they said, we've only got 36 months to get this into theaters, so you better get to work. Let me tell you, did now let's, let's take a super cynical uh, stance yes. here. Let's say that Marvel did that. I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. We see this coming because a lot of movies, people don't know this, a lot of movies are worked up fairly close to their release date sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it can be like two or three weeks before things come out. And since everything's in digital now, you don't have to put anything out in print and strike all that stuff. So you have to be done weeks in advance. With digital and everything, you can be done, you know, pretty darn close to, you know, go time. Pop it into Premiere, key it, go. Boom, you're set to go here. So I feel like, though, they could have maybe at least, maybe not for special (laughs) effects, but at least for like maybe the ender and everything, do something that looks a little bit different. But I I, want to ask you this. So this movie got delayed a total of about 18 months right that's about right yep do you think special effects just got that much better during those that year and a half like is that a possibility that's a good point i didn't think about uh moore's law isn't that is this is not moore's law if is i'm that not named mistaken after jay moore no it's not jay moore's law which is uh every impression <laughs> is kind of a, the same that's a movie i want to watch is moore's law starring jay moore <laughs> oh man don't don't give that man another podcast idea it'll happen uh, but yeah, I listen, I, I, I think it is funny. This show looks so good and that's what I'm so surprised with, with, uh, not only this show, but you know, obviously the previous Marvel shows and of course the Mandalorian, uh, we are yeah. getting cinema level 
quality I, I think, programming in television I think form. Mandalorian level tech and uh, technique, if not tech technique, mm-hmm. was applied to Loki, and Black Widow was sort of pre Mandalorian technique being a cool way to do it. Yeah, I, so I really do think maybe there was a little bit of innovation in that window, that eighteen month window. You, you smart guy, you. I tell you what, let's get into question two. The title of this episode is Journey into Mystery, which is the title of the comic in which Loki first appeared. So do you think that title means we got to forget everything we've seen up until now because Loki's real story begins here in this episode? I loved this question. And for those of you that don't know how all of these, how this show's put together, let me do a little behind the scenes for you. Uh, Bruce writes all of his questions. Sean writes all of his questions. We get all of our questions from the listeners, and then I compile them in the order in which they all go. The reason that I like this question so much is that uh, Journey into Mystery is a big one. I think most people that are would consider themselves, you know, comic fans are at least familiar with it, if not have actually, you know, read it and everything. I love this question because um, it opens up. It opens up something that I don't believe is actually there, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> yes. I like it. Is is that yeah, it just yeah. goes like, "Hey, could this be the first part of Loki's story?" Though I believe, and I, my guess is you probably believe this too, is that this is kind of the end of at least the Tom Hiddleston Loki story in one way, shape, or form. Frankly, I hope it's the the end for the Loki character itself for a while, but that's a whole the other end conversation. Is just the beginning. The end is just the beginning is what they're telling us. Yeah, I think I know what uh, song's going on the end of the programming today, so thanks for that. I'm writing that down right now. Let's go on Uh, to question three. You read that while I write down the closing song. (laughs) Of all the different Lokis, why isn't there a super fat Loki? This is sent to us by listener Sean K. of the Cracker Factory. (laughs) Uh that's a very good question. You know, especially listen. Hey, Holly, Hollywood is biased against full figure people. In the world in which we live in, that is, uh, uh, you know, accepting and beyond accommodating many times for people of all walks of life. Why can't there be a fat Loki? Like, and I that's mean, the thing. We love the fat superheroes in, around here. In Deadpool, in Deadpool two, Russell, you know, Firefist kind of calls out the superhero community that they're not exactly. Uh, a uh, full figure friendly or something to that effect. Cause he's kind of a chubby guy. Yeah. That, you're never good. You, you think you're going to go into Xavier's school for the gifted mutants and everything and see anything above a two X. No. no way. Why do you think beast is bursting out of his clothes all the time Why on account of that two X to join the brotherhood of evil mutants. Exactly. Butterhood of evil mutants goes up to 10 X. Why? Because they're a little bit more progressive over at the brotherhood. Yes. of mutants. You SOP Magneto was right. Question four. Uh, this one comes to us from Bo, uh, who Bo was, uh, Bo's got two questions in this week. Everybody. That's how good Bo's questions were. Uh, Bo writes in, in a battle that would absolutely make sense given who we are taking, who we are talking about here, which Loki in the battle of the Lokis was your favorite? President candidate Loki was particularly charming. Additionally, do you get the feeling that this battle has taken place a few hundred times over the years with new cycles of Loki variants mixing up the combatants? That's from Bo from Austin, Texas. I love the second part of that question, Bo. That that's that takes the cake. But I think uh you know, the which which one of the Lokis was my favorite? It was Alligator Loki. He bites a guy's hand off. He's quiet until he's not. Uh I 
you know what's really cool is that kind of presidential candidate Loki thing that we got going on here, and yeah, during all the Loki. promos and everything, who didn't think that that was you know Tom Hiddleston? You know, it, we'll call him Loki Prime for lack of a better and term. That, that character's pulled straight from the pages of a Loki miniseries from like maybe three years ago. That was I think it was called Vote Loki, where you know Loki gets into politics. So that's what I thought was going to be maybe the plot of this whole show because of that picture like you said got leaked out to us and we thought that was it yeah so you figure something like that's series. going on but uh but but not that and i don't know i i do like the idea that you know the reason that you know they see other loki's no n- not a big deal there's other stuff going on everything is just like a we've been there we've done that who cares you know it's just like you know after sometimes after you've seen 15 car explosions you're like all right there's another one i don't care Yep. Same sort of difference here, I think. Yeah. Question five. Do either of you guys, meaning me and you now, yes. do either of us guys know the comic book link between the Sentry, Void, Loki, and Kid Loki? Because this place they're at, they're calling the Void. Now, I put this question in specifically after I knew Sean was out for this week because I was <laughs> going to be like, no, I don't, Bruce, and you better know because uh, there ain't nobody else here. <laughs> Well, I like it because this area they're in is called the void. And in a comic book uh, arc, uh, it was an event called Siege, the the whole thing over Broxton, Oklahoma. Sentry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the Marvel Comics character, Sentry, well, he turns into an entity called the void. And as the void, he kills Loki, and Loki is reincarnated as Kid Loki, who first appears in the reboot of Journey into Mystery. I like so the this dot. place is the void. The void mm-hmm. might kill Loki. I don't think we're going to see Sentry pop in here, but you never know. But yeah, I think that this this is interesting. They're calling it the the void, and there's you know all the uh, young Avengers getting put together. Kid Loki seems like the entry from this show, and Loki could die here, and Kid Loki becomes you know Loki Prime. Eh, well, maybe we'll get into that in a couple a uh, couple of questions coming in. I'll get Sean's next question here for number six, Bruce. I can't figure it out. Which is your favorite Loki? Bike handlebars Loki or alligator Loki? So so this is one where I'm not going to give a fair answer because I'm going to say bike handlebars Loki is absolutely my favorite Loki uh, in that he has that Kirby accurate costume. He actually yeah. has a really nice re- redemption arc for a character we don't get to know very long. It's a believable redemption arc. You kind of like him a the lot. One who, yeah. He's the one who figured out how to survive Thanos, but alligator Loki is my favorite because I'm purely married to the idea now that this is just an alligator that for some reason everybody thinks is a Loki and has no clue what's going on at all. Yes, that that definitely is is the best kind of theory and stuff because I have floated that around with at work. As you might imagine, a bunch of uh, youngsters were, uh, were were all into the. I'm including myself in that, being nearly forty. Uh, we all like the Marvel stuff, so we all kind of talk about that when new episodes and stuff come out. And uh, that is that's the theory that everyone loves the most is that this is just yeah. an alligator wearing a thing, and then somebody brings up like, well, he they hear him talking and they tell him I'm like. How do you know that's what he's actually saying? He's just making alligator noises. He's just so like he's growling as an alligator. And he goes, he's 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 scared of what's going on right now. It's just like that could be a whole bunch of crap. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, he acts exactly like an alligator. Makes sense. 
Question seven. This one comes to us from Joe. Joe writes uh, two questions this week, guys. Uh, what is the best score in MCU, and why is it Loki? Natalie Holt is killing it with the music for this show. Joe S. First of all, Joe knows my heart, I believe, and that uh, music comes up. Yeah, this is the kind of question I think is an Adam question. I don't have much to say here, so I want to hear your commentary on this uh, score. Joe, I agree. I think the score is very strong for this one. Um, As I think all all of the Marvel television shows have, they've been a very specific kind of uh, uh, strong-leaning one. They've had like great themes and everything uh, throughout each particular one and then variations on those themes which I, I always like. I'm a big fan of that. Um, everybody from like Danny Elfman's like really kind of good at that. It's like, here's somebody's thing. It's, it's their theme, but there's also going to be remnants of that that will show up at different times and stuff. Tiny little cues that like if you weren't even really ultimately paying attention, John Williams is great at this, is just sneaking those little cues right underneath to almost at a subconscious level, pick at some of those things that are in your brain to pull out those emotions to get those great composers is just, it's a work of art. It really is. And I I love it so much. And uh, Joe is correct. Uh, I think so far, I mean, winners, uh, Falcon winter soldier had some good stuff. I'll have to watch back through a second time for this one. And, and I've watched, this show probably not as much as I watched the other ones, just because the way yeah. the schedules and stuff. I like I haven't been able to watch each busier. episode twice that we have for like Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I watched, and and WandaVision for that matter. I watched and all I was, of those I, twice each time, and this time gonna, it's only been once for most of I, them. I'm going to confess, I was so happy that this show was coming out on Wednesday, so it'd be easier to watch it a few times. I still forget until Friday that a new episode is out. It, uh, it accomplished absolutely zero for me. I don't even remember like how late I saw this, but it was it was late enough to where everyone like you know the thing when you're at work again with people that like the things that you like they ask you have you seen it have you seen it have you seen it and you're just like no i haven't i feel ashamed i'm sorry <laughs> it says it's the same way over here question, question eight. eight i'm always considering every possibility and try to cover every possible twist in a show before it happens why did I totally miss what Mobius made obvious that perhaps that is simply an alligator and not a Loki? And I think this is a question more about me than it is the show, but we all kind of missed that until Mobius pointed it out or, or were other people already asked. I this. love that. And I pointed out to people at work and, the, and I was just like, I like the idea that the fact that this is not this is not a Loki at all. It is an alligator who is wearing and on just on a, on the fact that he is wearing this Loki headpiece. You go ahead and assume he is Loki. All the words that that you say he's doing is like he's growling. That's what's coming out. That's what he's saying. No, that's what you're making up because you Here, really want things to be I'll part go of a step you. Further, I think he didn't even have the helmet at first. I think like kid Loki found him. He's like, Oh, you're a Loki without a helmet. Let me make you one. And I also love it that I am convinced at this point, that helmet is a practical effect. Like, like there's an actual alligator that someone at the beginning of the, of the, of the day has to go put the helmet on the alligator. I I wonder, because we have this, this way of, of like taking actors and stuff and putting them in these, it's really kind of cool looking. Um, you can see a lot of these in, um, the behind the scenes for Benjamin Button. That'll be like a good thing for people to YouTube. Yeah. 
um, where they had these array of cameras that are around everyone's head and stuff like that, and they're able to create these really convincing digital models and stuff based upon the information that all of these cameras get. And then they can manipulate it from there. Um, I... I wonder if they've ever done that with like animals, with like, you know, an alligator or something, because obviously it's difficult to wrangle an alligator and to make an alligator do what you want to <laughs> Speak do. Speak for and, yourself, Adam. You know, granted, <laughs> I think they <laughs> shot was, this in Georgia and not Florida, but maybe if, it, if somebody got like a day I was trip born ready to, be to a go. Gator wrangler. No, I've, I've actually seen the prop. It's just this blue stuffed animal. Oh, there you digital. go. That seems... Man, it looks like a practical helmet. I love the idea that if they'd made this show in 1986, that alligator would have been so much fun. But isn't it great, though, that we do live in a time where there's so much like really great CGI to where you are going yeah. like, how'd they do this again? Like, I mean... I'm more impressed with the helmet's realism than I am with the alligator. That's, <laughs> that's the craziness. I'll, I'll ask Sean's next question here. Right. This comes to us from listener Sean, and it says, did you expect the end of time to be so lush? And I say yes. Once most, you know, once 99.9% of the humans are gone, you'd expect nature to take over, right? Isn't yeah. that sort of the, the point behind Thanos' whole plan? Yeah, that's something that we see a lot in that and like science fiction li literature, like your, your I Am Legends, if you will. Yeah, the uh, plants retake the surface of the earth. They go through, and, and and that's the thing. Like, and you can see that where every like you know, just walk on a sidewalk in like a major metropolitan city, and you'll see grass just, kind of pumping just, out. And yeah, stuff. my house after a week of steady rain, weeds are popping up everywhere. It's like nature wants to take over. It's you know, nature finds a way. Mal I was about to say, Malcolm Glad, <laughs> Malcolm here, man, just going. Life finds a way. Did you know that when I cut my finger, I got no stitches. I didn't do anything. I just put that flap of skin back on. And sure, shooting your body wants to live, bro. It wants to stay alive. So Speak my, for yourself, Adam. <laughs> I'm telling you, my finger is just healing itself. When I show you this thing healed, you're going to be like, how did this happen? And the body wants to live, man. I always See, tell people me, that. totally opposite. Never cut myself at all. Flap of skin just fell off the other day. <laughs> I'm just, I got skin falling <laughs> off of me left and right. I don't know what the hell to do over here. I've lost 20 pounds, mostly parts of my body that have fallen off spontaneously. But yeah, <laughs> Question. I guess. <laughs> let's, let's go to 10. Yes. Uh, there were so many things to look, uh, to look at in this episode, but all I can think about is why does kid Loki have a toaster in his backpack? Could he have wanted to heat up a pop tart on the go with that high C ecto cooler box he had? That's from Larry D. Alexarkana. You answered your own question, Larry. There is no way that a kid has a toaster for anything other than pop tarts. I can speak from not only having been a kid, but having three kids. A kid puts nothing but Pop-Tarts, and occasionally, if they find an old cassette tape and don't know what it is, that's all that they What if toasters. they're a fancy kid and they're like, excuse me, I put toaster strudel in? in, <laughs> oh, in oh, well, excuse me, Mr. Bourgeoisie. Yeah, that's right. You gotta, like, sometimes, like, I... <laughs> saddest crap no i don't toaster know strudel kids in my neighborhood you get beat up for a toaster strudel i don't know what it is about podcasts that likes that, that feels like a confessional to me but it always comes out that way <laughs> <laughs> even as an adult i just i'm like it's that's right i'm getting like a first, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> the a first thing any kid learns how to cook is a pop tart i'm getting a toaster strudel here i'm not getting a pop tart it's a toaster strudel it's far better than that garbage that you, it's the same 
<laughs> crap. It's hey, just in the freezer aisle. Three words for you, Larry from Kansas. Lego my ego. Oh, if you, man. If you are a Patreon, we talked a little bit about everything I've used Lego Waffles for. He is. Larry's Larry's over on the Patreon there, so okay, he's, he's so definitely heard Lego, that. Lego my ego. Let's go. To, everyone else is going, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> Question number 11. What kind of dandy straps anything less than a bastard sword on his back? Because oh, Logie gets my. what looks like a glorified dagger and straps it on his back like He-Man. First of all, not only that, he makes a big deal of it. Like, like, <laughs> yes. like, like he makes this gesture, gesture, uh, you know, putting on this scabbard on his back and everything that would uh, make you believe that he was about to put on some magical, crazy, you know, uh, samurai armor or some such nonsense. No. Yeah. He puts on this little tiny, you know, scabbard for the back there. And it is, you're correct. It is a dagger. And he's like, bro, that goes on your hip, not on your back. What are you yeah, doing? And hey, I even have, I'm a proud owner of a bastard sword and I don't even backstrap it. I have a nice sling that puts it up about nipple height. I carry it right there the shoulder nipple sling. level yeah. where I go to the DMV <laughs> and let them know that it's, my car needs you know, renewed. You, you you strap a sword on your back. You're not saying I might need to use this sword. You're saying, hey, guys, look, I've got a sword. <laughs> I believe in the concealed carry hand and a half sword. It's like, you know what's going on over here. You're not an idiot. <laughs> I carry my sword where Nick Nolte carries his pistol whenever he plays a drunk cop on a movie. Or, when, I, or when I'm on a Thursday. Uh, question 12. This one comes from to us from listener Sean. Sean writes in, if you were going to have your own hideout, would you think, would you think of anything cooler than a bowling alley? Here's, here's what I'm going to say is the caveat to that, Sean, because I know you're listening. I put it in the arcade section of the bowling alley Ooh. or maybe a skating rink. I think the a skating rink with a nice arcade section, that would be my hangout because we can't all be semi-professional bowlers like you once were, Sean. Here's what I'm going to say. I believe that you were correct. I think the better answer here is probably roller rink, and I'll tell you why. Roller rink can do a lot like bowling alley and still have that little arcade section that's off to the side. But let's be frank here. With this hideout, you're going to need extra room, and that extra room is going to come in the in the form of that roller rink right in the middle of everything. That'll be yeah. your staging area. And the cool part about that is, is guess what, homeboy? You're in a roller rink. So everything around, as long as you leave like a little perimeter, you can still skate around it. What are you being a baby about? <laughs> Imagine that big brawl between the Lokis. It would have been just 10% better if skates were involved. <laughs> Put a couple of skates on him, Matt. Why, you know, listen, you you know, not going to get any kind of uh, complaints from me. Question 13, Adam. 13, quick and to the point. Here's my question. If Thanos Copter is now canon in the MCU, what other Marvel vehicles do you hope that are introduced? Peter, a.k.a. not so handsome looking. Or not so bad looking, rather. Excuse me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I downgraded him. What a butthole (laughs) I am. Wow, man. Let me rephrase. Peter, not so bad looking. Oh, my God. I feel better now. Uh, I think it's got to be any of the Spider-Man vehicles. Because, you know, Superman had an airplane for a little while on Super Friends. Kind of like a thing you don't really need if your Superman is an airplane. Yeah. And I kind of feel like any... any kind of vehicle that ha- is Spider-themed is sort of pointless for Spider-Man. They sold so many Spider-Man-like themed like toys. Like, like here's a Spider-Man car. Here's a Spider-Man 
four by four. Here's a spider. Yeah, you the, know. the four by four was was a, would be a good one. But also, like, if they why? just go on full on Cepeda Man and bring in like the Mecca, that would be. Does that count as a vehicle? Listen, I'm okay with something like that, but when it's just like, here's your Peter Parker motorcycle, it's like, why? You don't, <laughs> yes. like, bro, he flies, like, he slings through the air. Like, is this for, like, you know, when he's in Wyoming or something? I don't know. what. Why would he need a motorcycle proper? I think all the other heroes are just jealous that Batman has, like, 50 vehicles and nobody else really Honestly, has Honestly, that is really what it kind of gets down to is these toy companies were like, well, Batman's got the Batmobile. Spider-Man got to drop something. They don't know <laughs> jack gave- about comics, but they're just like he got dropped something give him a spider car whoever gave wonder woman the invisible jet wasn't thinking about selling toys yeah uh thanos uh thanos car for those of you that are into internet memes uh from about maybe whenever the heck what two years ago i guess when infinity war came out (laughs) everybody was all about thanos car do you remember that was that a thing that I remember the Thanos them. copter back then. I don't remember the Thanos car. Thanos car was like this big giant purple car and that they would everything would have like the Thanos chin ridges put on the end of it. <laughs> that sounds great. So just take a car, make it purple, put Thanos chin uh, you know, uh lines on the bottom of it. Kapow. That's your Thanos car. <laughs> Yes. There were tons of them. I don't know. Like, the internet was just abound with them. That and uh, theories that Ant-Man would go up Thanos' butthole in order to solve yeah, all that, these that, problems. that one will, will never die. Sadly, that one is uh, it's never going to happen. Maybe that's on Feige's uh, <laughs> cutting room floor. <laughs> Feige cut. Number 14. When one of the Lokis said he calls the big cloud monster a shark, and then later a ship falls out of the sky, did they miss a sweet opportunity to say, we're going to need a bigger boat? Here's the thing, Bruce. As a uh, as a giant Jaws fan as I am, uh, most recently just saw Jaws on the Fourth of July on the big screen because that's just how we do over here. Uh, I almost fought a man during the screening of Jaws two years ago. <laughs> that's a story for another time. Uh, but I, I'm a I'm a giant Jaws fan. I really, really am, and I love when there are Jaws references. I have written screenplays and stuff where there are like tiny little Jaws references throughout them that like you probably wouldn't necessarily think was a Jaws thing, and then when you go, oh, I see, I understand that. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan. I like when when other shows do it. Um, I don't know that this show necessarily needs that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it feels like a little bit of a step out for this particular thing. You know, I like where your head's at, though. Well, they call it a shark, and then they throw in a boat. And I don't know any other... Like, you don't have to... The scene does not demand a boat. You know? Yeah. Like, like, like they when you go that extra step to throw the boat in, you know somebody thought that it was going to get said. I bet you. I bet you can. I mean, you can always go a little Ahab with it because even then, you that's public domain. Oh, so you yeah. don't even you don't even got to pay for that old Melville Ink collection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I think that I think that works out well enough. I think uh, it's your turn to ask the Sean question. Sean's question 15, is this the best moment of the show when Alligator Loki bites off President Loki's hand? And if not, what what is it? I kind of think it's when uh, old man bicycle handlebar Loki is doing his business there at the end. I don't know. I, re- I, I, I think I'm on Sean's page here. 
that alligator jumped up to bite his hand. And it was really one of those and unexpected it, and and demands your attention moments. But yet it felt so correct for the like even even though like we've got eight billion variants running around, it still felt like the thing that absolutely would happen to Loki. <laughs> you and know what I mean? Absolutely also made a little bit more funny by thinking this is just a random alligator. Oh, exactly. It's like, oh, there's just this alligator. What is bitten off my hand? Yeah, that's a pretty good moment. And you always that's got a chance for some Empire Strikes Back kind of stuff going on. So who's to say oh, what's yeah. going to happen in this last episode that's coming up soon? Uh, 16. 16. Uh, did it throw you off when Sylvia uh, suddenly produced the the Tempad? Time pad? I always hate how that thing's pronounced. Yeah. And there was no reaction from the gang. They have been shocked to learn that she had uh, it out of the way the whole time. This scene also happened way too quickly for me. That comes to us from our buddy He-Hulk. You know, it's, yeah, the temp pad. If you've got a temp pad, that's like having the gun in your holster and trying to fight the bear with a stick for 7 to 20 minutes before you pull out the gun and shoot it. It just doesn't make sense, right? We call this like, like the temp pad uh, should be Plan A. Like, like what plan did she have that wouldn't involve using the temp pad? It's the Voltron method where you don't do the thing that you should obviously be doing yes. from the get of go, and you just kind of keep waiting and waiting, and eventually go, "Oh snap!" You know what we ought to do? We ought to combine as one big giant monster and beat the ever living hell out of this thing. I know we could have done that from the get go, but, but frankly, but I felt like Voltron, we all need to fight you individually first. With Voltron, you're starting off fighting them with five individual robot lions. This is like you went from hitting the bear with a twig to pulling out a bear gun. Yes, it's even like, worse. Like it was a big <laughs> jump. There was not like, maybe this individual lion can handle it. Okay, it's too much for that. Let's all Voltron it up. Oh, Voltron alone isn't enough? Let's make that big sword thing. But no, she goes from, she literally goes from like, put it in the microwave for 20 seconds. Oh, it's still cold. Put it in there for seven minutes. Like It doesn't work its way up. That's how I like Good to do call, things. Heel. The extremes of everything. It's either I'm going to do it a little bit or I'm going to do it a lot. I don't care which. <laughs> Put it in the microwave for 20 seconds. Still cold. Go seven minutes. Number 17. So what are the chances that a big plastic slice of pizza attached by a spring to a sedan could survive an apocalypse? Also, is that a reference to Pizza Planet from Toy Story? Now, I will say... It, it it shames me to say how much of this question I was already like, well, the one from Pizza Planet is a spaceship and not a slice of pizza. How could you be so stupid, Bruce? <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but these are the words that ended up coming out of my mouth anyways, so here we yeah. are. Uh, <laughs> that said, I want to know, my biggest question is, is what... What's going on with this? Why did this car with a, a spring with a piece of pizza on top of it how did you end up getting taken by the time squad and put yeah. back to the end of time where all of the other refuse goes? But what are you doing? Because I've delivered pizza for a living. Yeah, I know what it's, it's like. It's be a variant. Quite frankly, I don't know that what I could do that would make me go, bro, we got to send you to the end of time with all these other variants <laughs> that they can't do anything. You could blow up a timeline by delivering to the wrong house. That, that's hilarious. 
but I also love how he drove, like, he just got in that thing and drove it, and it had, like, I don't, maybe it's just the fact that it was, I don't know if it was a, a VW or anything, but it, it had that kind of vibe to it. <laughs> and there was a lot of swing going on with the pizza, and there's not really any good roads there, so yeah. so that thing was doing pretty good as an off-roading device. It felt like, it felt like the car from Harry Potter, you know, when they get that car and they start going on that joyride and everything. For some reason, it felt like that car in this weird wasteland. <laughs> They're just kind of driving around in some weird car that you're like, these people drive cars? Because Marvel Universe, think about it. How many times have you seen a Marvel character driving a vehicle? It's very rare. Yeah. Like, at best, you might get a plane or something, but they just kind of end up showing up to stuff. You never see people driving, you know, riding the bus to get to a, <laughs> a Thanos a fight. You know what riding. I'm saying? Not a lot of yeah. bus riding. You don't see around. a lot of uh, uh, the principal at the end of uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> not, not a ton, thankfully. <laughs> Rooney. Yeah, Rooney. Number 18, watching Richard E. Grant and Tom Hiddleston in an actor off. Who do you think won? I'm gonna say Hiddleston myself because he got he got to play two roles, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I think he's got a little bit more to uh, to chew on here uh, than Richard uh, Grant is, and I think I, I think Grant's fantastic. I, I like him in all the stuff that he is. If you haven't seen uh, his movie with Melissa Car- McCarthy called. Uh, oh, it's the painting Thunder Force? movie. No, Thunder Force is not their movie. Um, can you ever forgive me? I think is the name. That's it's something along those lines. Uh, it's really good. He's uh, he's super great. I loved seeing him kind of show up in this last one, and to really see him uh, come into his own with this one was really really great. I love this world worn Loki who's kind of seen everything and done everything. It it gives you that idea of what you know Hiddleston's Loki character could be, you know, if he survived, you know, that long. Yeah, an interesting take on Loki. He managed to survive Thanos, and this is where he wound up. He's almost—it's almost like he's saying to the young Loki, "Don't be so bummed about dying young because it—you know—I lived old, and it's not so much fun." Yeah, there's there's so many things that could happen to you that didn't happen to you. Maybe you should perhaps and I, and frankly, I think this is where a lot of the theme for the show itself is going, is that like. We're we're getting into like real kind of life stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's like things have happened, good things have happened, bad things have happened. All of those things have happened. But the fact is, those things have happened, and those are the things that, for good and for bad, have in one way or another shaped your life. It is then how you respond to those things that then determines how your life will be, having known said information. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I think uh, a listener-submitted question later on really puts a good spin on this, too. So we need to get moving. Indeed. 19. Is Sylvie being real and honest, or is anyone expecting her to double-cross Loki at the final episode? Always remember, never trust Loki. That's from Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Squishy Hands. <laughs> well, Mr. Squishy Hands, I absolutely am expecting a double-cross. Yeah, I, I, I'm still expecting a double cross. Never trust a Loki. That's kind of the ne- brand. I kind of feel like she maybe can't survive the show or else she's going to be too popular. Yeah, I, I think especially with what we saw this episode and the kind of buddy-buddy uh, up at the end with those two and everything, yeah. uh, that 
it feels like from what we've seen, from what we've seen, it feels like we've got these two characters. They've had this really great moment where the two of them have kind of sat down, literally sat down side by side and said, I, I never know exactly what it's like to be me. I, I, I don't get that because few of us yeah. can actually stand outside of ourselves and see who we actually are. Uh, but both of them are able to look at this other person who, for all intents and purposes, is you. And, and to find I'm, out that this is the only person that you can end up relating to, you can't relate to your adopted family, you can't relate to anyone else that's around you, it's really hard for anyone to understand the situation that you're in. So the best person that could is you. And like I feel like, especially with how we know the character, that it feels like there certainly is that possibility of that backstab in there from somebody that just goes like, I know what I need to do in order to make sure that I will be the victor in this particular situation. And I wouldn't put it past. Yeah. And there's still a part of me that thinks maybe she's not really even a Loki at all. So we'll see. Ooh, mm, that's a good number 20. When Sylvie says she could use a more comfortable costume, why doesn't Loki conjure her one? Like I felt like that was going to happen and then it didn't happen. Bruce, I put in question 20 on purpose. Because I know that as a married man, you know that's not something you ask. You know you can't do that. The second that she goes, you know what? I could use something that's a little bit more comfortable and close. The second that he changes that, that's going to be the wrong thing to do. <laughs> okay. You Is this what you thought I should be wearing? Is this what you think I would be more comfortable in? Why is this the thing that I would be comfortable in? Wouldn't I be comfortable in something? Um, Trust me, that is a a losing situation. Who's been married for years? You can't go wrong with an oversized sweatshirt and yoga pants. What's up, girl? You want you want a snuggie? I get you a snuggie. Like if you put a snuggie (laughs) on her, she'd be nice. Snuggie made for two. Yeah, little (laughs) green arms, one snuggie. I do like he's just like. It's a it's a blanket. It's <laughs> she comfortable. Even, she even like she even calls his blanket crap. That's even yeah. <laughs> that's so great. It's like of all the things you conjured up, this is uh this is it. This is what you conjured to keep me warm. This like real crappy blanket here. You can't give me any down, no uh no Gore-Tex. What's going on? It's ridiculous. Question twenty one. I think you'll take this one, Adam. Twenty one. Uh, this one comes to us from a listener Sean. <laughs> Uh, Do you think we'll see Mobius in season two of Loki? I put this question in because I've actually talked with people at work about this one as well. I didn't know there were plans for a season two. Precisely. Do you think that there will be a season two? Because I have talked to a couple of people who indeed believe that season two uh, may be very well a thing. I I can't say that. And I think there's still a lot of people that think, even though it's been demonstrated not to be true, Time and time again, I think there are people that think shows keep getting renewed until the ratings drop. Like they still think yeah. that things work like network. And I don't think that's the case at all. So I don't know that there's going to be a season two of Loki, but there might be a season one of, of the TVA or season one of Mobius or something like that. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for at least at first for like American audiences to get around to. And I'm, I'm actually going to. I'll praise you, but at the same time, praise ourselves a little bit more than that because we're America. Uh, but Brit- <laughs> that's how we do over here. Uh, but British shows have the right idea. You know, it's like, hey, look, we're going to have a show, and for as long as it needs to be on, that's how long it's going to need to be on, and that's it. 
You know, when we got yeah. those, when we got Sherlock, it was just like, here's an hour and a half movie, you know, two, three times, and that's your season. Shut your face. That's all we're giving you, and you're going to enjoy it. And people do. Uh, I think this is going to end up being a lot of the same exact case here is that, you know, we're going to see these one season. Like, I, I, I cannot fathom anyone who could think uh, that WandaVision is going to have a season two. Or that Falcon yeah. the Winter Soldier, at least within the same form that which it is and will be called Falcon the Winter Soldier, will have a season two. I don't believe that it will. Will they get something else that may not be called that? Perhaps. I think it's the same reason that they don't call movies like such and such too anymore. They call it such and such with the subtitle. This, I think yeah, that the there's so always so. more curiosity about Mobius season one more so than Loki season two. And for all practical purposes, it might be a Loki season two, but I don't think it'll be called that. Exactly. If indeed they were to do something that one might think of as a Loki season two based upon things within the universe, as we've seen within Loki, I wouldn't call that a Loki sequel so much as perhaps a Loki spinoff. The the Rhoda of Loki, if you will. Yeah. Rhoda, I like that. Do you know Rhoda was like, like I saw a whole thing. All right, I'm not even going to go into it. Yeah, let's this. move on, man. I got to wrap this up. People are trying to use the dryer in here. 22, do you think that the main purpose of the TVA is to take out those who would ultimately stand up or defeat our unseen being at the, at the, no, being in the cha charge of this whole facade? It seems to me that with few exceptions, the only beings we've seen really get targeted by the TVA are Loki variants, with the occasional submarine crew or D-bag thrown into this uh, to keep the absolute TVA members off the uh, trial of the ultimate goal. That's from Bo as well. I, I, would compare, I would compare timelines to religion in that everybody thinks their religion is the one true religion. So I think whoever... Uh, had the power just assumes that the timeline they're in must be the one true timeline because they're the one that has the power to, to suppress the other ones. I don't think there is a prime or a true timeline, but I think you're onto it that this is the timeline with somebody powerful enough that wanted to keep it so that they always wound up that powerful. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's honestly how you see a lot of life and stuff as well is like, Oh, we're going to, we're, we're the ones in power. We're the ones who are making the decisions here and we shall decide what is right and what is wrong. And, you know, it, it's the old saying is uh, history is written by the winners. And yes. I, I think that's very much in the TVA's, you know, rule book as well. It's just like, hey, look, we're the ones that are guiding all of this. We're the ones who end up making all these big decisions. So we're the ones that are ultimately responsible for all of this, even though what they may be trying to put together is not not exactly what would happen if things were left to their own particular devices, because one could also argue that once you intervene into time and stuff, time then itself has changed and you've irrevocably done something that you can't fix, you know? Yeah. So uh, TBA falls under those rules as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, the the one with the biggest guns is the one who has the moral high ground. <laughs> and, and right now it feels like the TVA is the one that's out there just going like, nope, yep. we're in charge of all of this. 23. In the comics, Eliath first appeared in a story that featured Kang as the main villain. Is that too obscure to be a red herring? Yes and no. Uh, first and foremost, I think that we what we've seen over the years from Marvel, and I, I kind of like how we've had, you know, 
you know, quite some time with Marvel to be able to figure out exactly what they do and how they do the things that they do. I feel that Kang and a couple other things have been referenced enough to where it feels like they could be coming in, but like I also like the idea of, of red herrings left and right for stuff. To me, that's also what makes a lot of these Marvel things, in a weird speculative way, kind of fun. You know, it's like it has shows like ours going, where's this going? What are they doing? How are they doing these things? And as much as we like, you know, watching the show and stuff as well, I think we all have a a weird and odd fascination of trying to read all the tea leaves as well. And I'm sure that that that, you know, is is in this as well. It's just going like, no, it's got to be this sort of thing on account of this is what I saw. I feel like putting Elioth there makes some people expect it to be Kang so that they'll be surprised when it's not. But very, very few people are probably going to make that connection. So, I, yeah, too obscure to be a good one. I mean, it's not, as like, it's not as bad as... It's not like a David Goyer throwaway or anything like that yeah. where it's just like, I just chose the name. But at least it's enough, something that will at least raise an eyebrow or two for you know individuals like you that are like, well, hold on now. What's this? <laughs> well, t- I'll, I'll go ahead and get us to 24. Are they going to keep the relationship between Loki and Sylvie an awesome platonic relationship? What do you think, Adam? I certainly hope so. I First and foremost, with a lot of these Marvel shows, we are always, as the kids say, trying to ship these people. Yeah. I am so over it. Maybe it's just an old man in me just going like, I don't care about love much anymore. But I... First of all, it's like, and this whole show has been like, you know, a a, a meditation on predestination and self love and stuff like that. I can't see this as being anything much more than than that. When I see these two characters sit on that, you know, that wherever the heck they were, having the little thing over their shoulders, talking about their feelings and all that sort of stuff, I feel that I see two people who are obviously the same person in different timelines who have never actually met or interacted with someone who fully understood what it was like to be them. And I'm sure most of us at one point or another have felt like we haven't been seen or understood by other people. And when you find someone who who seems to, you know, understand you, who seems to get all those things that you do, be they a romantic interest or otherwise, that person means a lot to you because that person sees who you actually are and not perhaps what the world believes you to be or maybe even the things that you hope that you'll be one day. And that's what I see in these characters is two people that like haven't seen, haven't interacted with anyone else that understand what it's like to be them. So when they finally have that other person it feels like a romantic relationship in a way because it's it's yeah. a a familiarity that you don't get outside yeah. of uh, uh, romantic relationships and things like that. Does that make sense? But I still think that there's the there. I'm open to the possibility of a heart wrenching betrayal here too. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I'd almost kind of rather see that as well. And it's the. Uh, it's the it's the scorpion on the fox's scorpion back or whatever. The the, yeah, exactly. Scorpion and the frog. Yeah, I was thinking of that myself, man. That's kind of scary. That we were both thinking the of that exact same sort of fable. thing. Uh, boo boo. We are on to twenty five. I've never believed we'd see Thanos copter or a uh, throg. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, what is your pie in the sky? Never going to happen. Easter egg or cameo? That's from Big Dave movies. Well, uh, throg is when Thor was a frog. 
Oh, oh, I remember that. I, like, I never remembered <laughs> they, it was Throg, but that makes there's sense There's like a frog in the jar that's called specimen number 357 or something, and it was Thor issue 357 when Loki turned Thor into Throg. That's one of those ones that you just go like, oh, that's just like the horse, Thor. I'm skipping that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the never going to happen pie in the sky Easter egg cameo? <laughs> a flashback to when Hank Pym slapped his wife. That's oh, <laughs> I'm all about that. All of a sudden, Cat L. All of a sudden, uh, old, old, old Michelle Pfeiffer taking a couple of a couple of belts. <laughs> that oh, ain't gosh. that ain't gonna do no good for nobody. It's just like there's there's no <laughs> there's zero ways. Thanks, Jim Shooter, big Jim Shooters who did that. No way you can introduce that plot line into the Marvel MCU and be like, no, 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 but it's okay. <laughs> we've got we've got a story that will like explain our way out of this and make everything okay. I don't know that that could happen in 2021 plus. I just it's it doesn't seem likely. <laughs> Not likely at all. But so that's, that's out of that that's the one we want. 26. So so 26, there are three fake timekeepers. Do you think that means they're actually three real timekeepers like for example, Mobius, Sylvie and Loki? Oh, I hate you so much when you write questions like this and make me go, why didn't I think of this? It makes me mad. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? Turns out that the timekeepers are actually the people we've been watching the entire time. Listen, I'm all about it. I don't think it's a load of crap, but I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, why would you randomly pick three fake timekeepers? At least it's a possibility that the three people are going to confront the versions of themselves at the end of time. And everybody's a Loki, so who's to say? I don't know. Like, that's how everybody's a variant, everyone's a Loki. It's all kind of crazy. You just do what you do. 27, this one comes to us from listener Sean. <laughs> uh, do any of us believe that they are not making a Young Avengers now? I guess this question is on account of uh, of Young Loki. Loki here. Yeah, we got Kid Loki. We got Kate Bishop coming up. We got the the yin-yang twins from One Division. <laughs> we got uh, Iron, not Iron Patriot. We got Super Patriot from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. We know we've got a uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel coming up. So... Uh, the only reason there wouldn't be a Young Avengers is if people just quit trying between now and like 2027. 20, Bruce, you have no idea. I don't think. Maybe you've got a maybe you've got an inkling over our years together. But I don't think you have any kind of clue how big of a Muppet Babies fan I am. <laughs> they make your dreams come true. They make my dreams come true. I was the right age for Muppet Babies. I too like, like to me the best part about the Muppet Babies is they they like had great uh, imaginations and stuff. That's like the entire episodes were all about kids having imaginations and what they do, you know, in their playtime, just imagining things. Me, I was a fan of a pup named Scooby Doo. Oh, I like that. That's good. But I was, uh, but but it was always about just kind of you know making some you know reality or whatever, and that's that's what I liked about it. And I, I'm a, a lot of people didn't like didn't like Muppet Babies because it was just like, it's like, well, listen, I like the Muppets. Why would I like the Muppet Babies or whatever? But I was like, I was a very young age when that came out and it made sense. Uh, young Avengers, um, I, the most, the biggest problem that, that happens with this and anytime that the Young Avengers kind of idea is brought up, I like the idea. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about it. And I'm all for, you know, Disney slaving some people down for the next 30 years to make them continue to do comic book movies. Uh, but 
the big problem is is that we're not doing with uh, kids today like we were doing with like you know Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland yeah. where, where we were these, feeding them cigarettes and coffee and keeping quickly. them dining. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these kids are getting old. But you know Haley Sanfeld, what's her name? The one playing Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. What's her last name? Stanfeld or something? Seinfeld? Yeah, she's Steinfeld. She's, she's actually, she's actually. I don't know if you know this or not. She is actually I, related to uh, to, to uh, the Body by Jake guy, whose last name is Steinfeld. I see the family resemblance. They, they, they kind of do but, look alike. You know, like she's the age that she's going to look that age for a while now. Like she's not fourteen. Yeah, she's like stuck but, in that. Like I'm these, twenty-three to twenty-four yeah. kind of. A lot of these kids are going to be getting old quick, and if they're going to do it, they need to do it within two years. Yeah, it's otherwise we're gonna start ending up uh, casting new kids. Again, we're already casting Ant Man's new daughter, his daughter, anew again for the yeah. what third time, I guess. Yeah, because you know kids don't stay young on a movie production schedule. Not if you don't feed them coffee and cigarettes, they don't. Hey, The Rock never had the same daughter twice in any of those Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. That's fair. <laughs> Rusty kept changing in those vacation movies. Well, those were the best part, though. <laughs> Twenty-eight, Adam. 28. Did Disney give themselves an out to bring back post-in-game Loki with the cartoon Loki telling real to Loki about the illusion idea to avoid death from Thanos? That's from Noah from the How We Seize It podcast. That's with three E's. I think this is the best question of the show. This is the question of the episode. This is one I never would have thought of, but it's perfect and it's very Loki. And, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it, man. Uh, you nailed it, Noah. This question means, boom, this is it. This is the purpose of this show. That's what season two of Loki will now be about. So, okay, you think that this then leads into a, a season two. How does that? No, I don't think it leads into a season two. I'm being a little facetious okay, there. But I, I think that this, I think this idea may not be implemented, but it's always going to be on the table if they ever want to implement it. Yeah, it is. I, I also I, I like all of these things and mucking around with time and doing all this kind of stuff. It always gives us an out for everything, doesn't it? It sure does. It always kind of goes like, oh, we don't have to do this because X, Y, Z, or we need to do this because of X, Y, Z. We can always blame it on timelines and variants and all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, if it works for Fast and Furious, it can work for comic books. Hey, why not? Let's go to space. 29. It won't happen. But would the Ultimate Universe version of Reed Richards be the best possible character to be responsible for the events of this show? Again, this is how you know how to get, like, because even Bruce, everybody, even Bruce sends me a little bit more than 10 questions. It's always like kind of 12 to 15-ish. And you know how you get a a, a, a question to get the cut in, in Adam's world? You throw a little Fantastic Four in there. Because yeah. first and foremost, I like this. I love this idea. This is great. I'm all about it. And I'm so sad that the um, that, that last uh, Fantastic Four movie came out because I really did like that ultimate version of Fantastic Four with uh-huh. them going to the negative zone. And the negative zone is what ended up giving them power as opposed to all the other stuff. I do still like the uh, the Heroes Reborn with the Jim Lee and the Silver Surfer giving the Cosmic Rays. I thought that was very cool. That was a great little new addition. But I thought that negative zone was such a great thing to do and it's so and, sad that it got ruined in that crappy movie. And, you know, in the Ultimate Universe, Reed Richards becomes like the biggest villain in the history of the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. So he would be the kind of guy who could be pulling the strings behind the scenes. We know the Marvel Universe much more heavily influenced by the Ultimate Universe than the 616, the sure. cinematic universe. I mean, so that would be, in my opinion, the perfect person to be back there. But I just don't think it will be. 
Oh no, it's like they they got to do something better than that. And um, I wouldn't say better, just different. Well, yeah, well, certainly different. And and FFs uh, obviously at this point we've seen we've seen at least a logo, so we know it's on their minds. We know it's a thing that is going to be coming. Would that be a thing that they would introduce here? No. But you know what I wouldn't mind, by the by? Maybe it's not necessarily here. Maybe it's not necessarily Hawkeye or whatever. Uh, but pepper a little uh, pepper a little Reed Richards, a little Fantastic Four, a little something-something throughout these things and make us kind of do like what we do with all these other little ancillary-ass characters where we just go, I know that name! That's the person I'm aware of! <laughs> Yeah, pepper in a little bit some of there where you know you just get everybody's butthole real tight to just go like oh well that's Fantastic Four oh god what are we doing now like because you know you're you're Marvel you can do that let me ask number thirty here all right thirty let's round it up because I like this question how cool would it be if we learn that the puppet master behind the TVA is someone we've never heard of before not from the comics not someone we've seen just a totally new person. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Kevin. The dum man, dum dum. The man behind black. everything. You gotta wait eighteen months to find out who it's Kevin is. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's behind it all. I, I gotta say, my favorite prevailing theory, just for fun's sake, is Miss Minutes. Yeah, I've heard pe- people have said some stuff about Miss Minutes, and I, I don't know. I, I, I love the character kind of coming back and everything. I love the animation of it. Tara Strong's just great in everything that she does, so I can't say anything bad about that woman. She's just she's a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I love that, like, still looking, still, and I and we said, are up, you a person or a program? I'm both. I yeah, mean, there's some clues set, laid down along the line. We set it'd up be a like great a, stuff. a weird, off the wall, almost like a Ghostbusters esque ending. If suddenly the big villain is Miss Minutes, who's been there all along. Oh, think of something. Think of something precious and something that can't hurt us at all. I just thought of Miss Minutes, and, and a giant Miss Minutes comes ripping down Broadway. I'm all about that. Who's to say that that can't happen? <laughs> yeah, it's Marvel, so I don't know anything could happen. But we do have one more episode uh, this season, and sure as shooting, we will be back here for yet another 30 questions come next week. If you would like one of your questions to be like the majority of people who uh, ask questions for for me this week. Uh, email us at marvel30q at gmail.com. That link is in the show notes. If you would like to click click on that, that'll uh, lead you to that email and everything. And as we said, uh, things are coming out on Wednesday, so get those questions in as soon as possible. That makes sure that you get the uh, the closest to the cut and everything. Make them nice, quick, and uh, all that kind of good stuff. We really appreciate that, marvel30q at gmail.com. Bruce, in the meantime, where can we find more of your work on the Internet? You can check out my uh, one of my other podcasts called Anime I.O. If you want to hear a little bit of talk about the newest uh, summer season anime, we're talking about that. And you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie, where I do anime reviews, manga reviews, and episode reactions. Very nice. And, of course, after Loki uh, wraps up, I'm not sure what the next thing is on Marvel's playlist. Well, I think What If is the next thing. Is What If the next one? Uh, that's it all the seems way. like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's all the way But it October. might be the bad batch of the Marvel Universe. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope it's not quite that. Uh, but um, whatever the next thing that... Uh, 
maybe Marvel maybe Hawkeye maybe, maybe Hawkeye will be the next for, live action for thing. sure we'll for, we'll definitely do Hawkeye if, if nothing else but uh, do say subscribe for all that kind of stuff but we got next week coming up next week is our uh, big season for now finale for Loki so we'll ask 30 more questions about Loki on Disney plus next week for the absence sweet Sean's a Kovacs from the internet Bruce Leslie I'm Adam Porches see you next week you mischievous scamps Yeah.